too bad. I just uh, hmm. wanted to let you know that your microphone sounds different on my end well, for some reason. I don't know what could be different. So just going to have to live with it, I guess. Yep. Just like we're going to have cool. to live with this heat. Some of us. Yeah, some, some, of, some us. of us will just die. <laughs> That's true. And some Which of us will just go crazy from the heat, like David yeah. Lee Roth. They're going to be like rabid, like <laughs> animals out there and just like David Lee Roth. Yeah. Going rabid into a gas animals like DLR. DLR. <laughs> going in and getting jelly donuts from gas stations and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's he, what's he say? He says, uh, give me a bottle of anything and a glazed donut. To go. go. That is uh, a yeah. one of one of the most uh, prized, <laughs> cherished videos on MTV. It's so the good. 80s. Can you help me? My God, I have to take Not in my store, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's good stuff. Hmm. Really, really, really good stuff. Wow. I, uh, Maybe we should do the intro because I have another video I want to talk about real quick. All right, let's do that. Uh, all right. Great. thrust i'm dan and i'm eric and together we review stuff uh mostly like local music and talk about videos and you know david yeah. lee roth yeah well okay so what i want to talk about it, it's pretty serious but i think uh -huh. it'll be okay uh it reminded me because the david lee roth video has a uh a little short little movie at the beginning right you know, sure. kind of like both of like, uh, is that the Yankee Rose video? Yeah, it I, is. I, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and I, a side note, if you all haven't listened to the Edom and Smile uh, Spanish version, it's amazing. Like really an amazing album. Anyway. Okay. That doesn't matter. Uh, so another video I just watched <laughs> minutes ago had a little movie at the beginning as well. It was for Cindy Lauper's uh, "Goonies Are Good Enough." Uh huh. I, I don't know if you remember that song. Or oh not. yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you know that. Yep. Good yep. enough. Yeah, it was so, actually the uh, theme song to the video game, the Goonies video game, too. Oh dang! Mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. But, it, was but the it's video like, game. but it, yeah, yeah. You don't remember the Goonies video game? No. Uh. -uh. What happened? I think it, I think it was for NES and like, uh, yeah, no, when you turned it on, it was like eight bit version of, uh, Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. I think I do remember that. Like, yeah. My, my, I have a couple of questions and if Dan, if you know the answer, we'll take them separately. I mean, I'll present them separately. And if you know the answers, let me know. Okay. The video, uh, was all about, wrestling you know because that apparently was cindy lopper's deal i don't know mm -hmm. uh okay so everyone was in it the iron sheik and roddy roddy piper and blah 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 mm -hmm. and uh 
Also, Captain Lou Albano, who's in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Captain Lou Albano has rubber bands in his face. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. How are they in his face? <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I've wondered this since about 1984, and I've just never, I've never figured out how he has rubber bands in his face. What do you well, think? I, I'm speaking uh, from the perspective of someone who doesn't remember these videos very well. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So I should, okay. For, for those who don't know Captain Lou Labano, I just, I guess, I guess I just assumed everyone was like me. The rubber bands are hanging out of his face. Mm-hmm. Like their whole rubber bands just hanging. Wait, so like when you say out of his face, you mean like, what, what do you that's, mean? That's my question. Why don't you, Dan, Real quick, just look up a picture of Captain Lou Albano. Okay, Captain Lou Al- Okay, Lou Albano. Albano. Yeah. Oh, he was Mario. Lou Albano too. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I totally Captain remember Lou. this guy now because right. of that. Yeah. So, right, so he's got rubber band. If you so click on the Hold images. On. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I okay. see. I see what you're talking about. Right. Okay. Rubber bands in his face. How are they in his face? Like now what that are is they, uh, puzzling. Are they? Is it a piercing? Or that would be my guess. Uh, if I if I if I had to guess, I would say probably right. there's piercings there. I mean that I can't see any other possible way. <laughs> <laughs> like the reason why I don't really care about you know it's the eighties whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, the, yeah, the 80s, yeah. They did all kinds of stuff to so, people's faces. But I just want to know how. Okay. So anyway, maybe it wasn't the Mar- Super Mario Brothers movie. I think it might have been the cartoon show. He did like the okay, yeah, yeah. He did the entry. Yep, gotcha. Right. All right. Okay, so yeah, Mario. I think it was called yeah. like Mario World or something. Yeah. So Super anyone, Mario Show. Anyway, sorry. Anyone listening, if you know how Captain Lou Albano has rubber bands in his face, then let us know. Okay. Here's my real thing. Though. I know the feeling. It, it is, is the, the real, real thing. thing. The essence of the child. Bow. God, that's uh, that's one of my favorite songs. Uh, an amazing ever. song. The best song on the album. I, I think, think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you're familiar with the song Next to Be With You by Mr. Big? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so... All my life, well, since 1991, when it came out, I have never understood the lyric in the chorus, waited on a line of greens and blues. Okay? That's the lyric. Waited on a line of greens nah, and that's, blues. That's seriously, that's seriously a line? Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Waited on a line of greens and blues. That's what they sing. Okay, so for however many years that is, a hundred years, um, I've wondered what the hell that could possibly mean. All right, so I'm watching the Cindy Lauper Go- uh, Goonies video. The first lyric of Goonies are good enough is "Here we are hanging on to strains of green and blues." Okay, that's insane. Okay. 
and well, I looked up. That and is weird. Green and green and blues or greens and blues. And the only thing I could find was something that said it was a metaphor for political opposing forces. But who's writing these songs? That's, like who, yeah, who knows that's... this phrase? So these yeah. are questions I'm presenting to our listeners, essentially. <laughs> to you first, Dan, if you knew. But so if you don't, I just I want to know. I I just looked it up. Yeah. All right. So check this out. This is what I found on the internet. <laughs> so the lyric officially waited on a line of greens and blues. Mm-hmm. As for what that means, the prevailing theory is that greens represent jealousy and blues represent depression. Basically, while one of the guys from Mr. Big watched a bunch of other dudes run a train on a, the girl of his dreams, he alternated between envy and fury. Okay. Makes decent well, sense. Let's go uh, with that. Okay, but why would Cindy Lauper uh, seven years earlier write the same lyric? So hold on. Is that what song by Cindy Lauper is that? Goonies are good enough. Yeah. Huh. That that's puzzling. So, so maybe it is an homage to Cindy Lauper. Okay. <laughs> Problem is, the Pixies have a song that came out later, newer Pixies, called Greens and Blues. And the prevailing line uh-huh, in that yep. is slip into the greens and blues. So, either two bands took influence from Cindy Lauper, or Mr. Big took influence from Cindy Lauper, and then the Pixies took influence from Mr. Big, or... This is a phrase that is used that I've never heard of and can't really find any examples of on the internet. So, it it's, has a to be. it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It has to be a secret language that they're using. Because you know all musicians are, are you know, they, they're all members of some sort of cult. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Yeah. Oh, every every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're all the, they're all the ass cap cabal. <laughs> it's called. The the you got it, you got it, one hundred percent. Look it up, look it up. I'll be doing a Wikipedia entry on it here before. Too oh, long. it says right here, uh, it's ass there. cap cabal, creator of the term greens and blues. Wow, we figured it out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now, who's the author of the uh, article? Actually, it's Cindy that- Lauper and uh-huh. uh, Frank Black. Yeah, uh, I mean Black Francis, Black Francis, and, uh, or or Charles dude, Thompson, <laughs> or that dude from Mister Big. It doesn't have his actual name. Just says now, that dude. Hey, I got a question that has oh. nothing nothing to do with the subject. Thank goodness, but it might have something to do with the subject because this is really interesting. We're going to come back to this. We're going to get to the bottom of this next yeah. episode. Yeah, greens and blues. We're going to figure this out, and we need your um, help, listeners. We need your help. Yeah. So what we got so far, Cindy Lauper, Mr. Big Pixies. Yeah. That's that's what we got so far. We got to find another band that's been doing it, like Collective Soul or something, maybe. Oh, so maybe um, we should search like Spotify for the term green. No, that won't work. Because that wouldn't have brought up two of the songs we're talking about. We're going to have to just dig. We're going to have to research every song ever written. Yeah. And check the lyrics. 
we're gonna we're gonna do that we're gonna do that by next, by next episode if there's two guys on the internet with a podcast that's gonna do that it's gonna be me and you eric you yeah. down yeah what's the first song the first song a just probably there's probably just a song called a you know yeah we'll just start there i guess so we have I, to find a database of all songs ever written <laughs> I wonder if that exists. That's got to exist on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't know. I guess it is the internet. That it is the that. internet. There, <laughs> yeah. there is everything there. So, uh, ch- check this out. Um, okay. I was, I was just thinking about this today, and uh, so I have a question for you, Eric. Oh man. <clears throat> okay. Have you ever heard of uh, Gus Gibson? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Gus Gibson was a uh, songwriter, one of the best songwriters. Huh. I think he's still around today. I first mm-hmm. heard of him from a friend of mine uh, that I went to school. Well, he was he was kind of a friend, but all, I don't know, more of an acquaintance type sort of guy. You know, like I just remember this Scott kid, you know, uh, I knew him from elementary school, but, you know, we kind of hung out a little bit through mm-hmm. high school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he was quite the joker, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. always drawing cartoons and things like that okay he came up with the name gus gibson and uh mm-hmm. so uh we went around and told everybody how awesome gus gibson was yeah i don't know if anybody actually like you know looked him up or anything but anyway we had a fake favorite songwriter that we made up yeah and uh we were writing him on our you know notebooks and you know, you know how you used to do that in school? Mm-hmm. You would yeah. write like, you know, your favorite bands, like my backpack always had like 70 bands on the back, you know? Oh yeah. Just written in Sharpie. Or yeah. Just written in, written in Sharpie. And so yeah, I would shit, always, I might do that again. Yeah. No shit. I, uh, I, uh, included Gus Gibson in those all the time. <laughs> okay. And uh, so like, so you had like the dead Kennedys, you had like, uh, yeah. Fugazi, Nirvana, Gus Gibson, you know? Nice. All right. And, yeah. uh, anyway, I want to know if this sounds absolutely crazy to everybody else that when we were 17 or 18, we were doing this. (laughs) Yeah. The funny thing is apparently Gus Gibson is a real musician. Nah. Are you serious? For real? Like blues. So uh, maybe from like the forties. I don't know. So I wonder if this guy was pulling my chain about Who? Gus Gibson not being real. Dang. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to check this guy out, Gus Gibson. Yeah, he might end up being one of your favorite artists. You never know. You never know. Uh, so he was a blues musician, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm waiting for my computer, which uh, if anyone out there does uh, IT, Mac work, let me know, because uh-huh. uh, my machine barely functions at this point. Well, <laughs> you know that if <laughs> i'm just gonna use my platform right now like but yeah that... Dis- discogs is showing a, a comp called red R- river blues uh mm-hmm. and then it has 1934 through 1943 so that might be real good. old uh georgia blues mm-hmm. delta blues maybe yeah so your friend was either um clairvoyant (laughs) (laughs) or an asshole yeah well he was kind of an asshole to be Uh, honest with you i do remember his name was scott (laughs) his name was scott 
Yep. So yeah. Scott, if you're listening, uh, the jig is up, bro. <laughs> the jig is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We now know a hole. A hole. Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> so now I'm gonna have to go and so after all these years, I'm gonna finally check out Gus Gibson and find out that he was totally right. Oh yeah. Um, he has a song called Milk Cow Blues. I bet that's oh, awesome. That's got to be good. I, I I'll tell you what, man. Blues is always hit or miss with me, but mm-hmm. when it comes to that old like Delta blues that yeah. sounds like it's played by some guy like mm-hmm. you know who recorded on a tape deck, which tape decks probably didn't yeah. really exist. He played back it then. into a it played it into a can. <laughs> yeah, played it into a can. <laughs> that's the yeah. kind of blues that I like. I do you too. know me too. Old like Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf is amazing. Howlin' Wolf's the best. It, is. it combines that sort of real old sound like Robert mm-hmm. Johnson's scratchy blues, Delta blues, but then like that heavy electric guitar, like bombastic, just heavy ass guitar. That tone is outrageous. And his Absolutely. voice, uh, Howlin' Wolf's the best. Well, then, of course, there was uh, R.L. Burnside, and I always liked his uh, signature, Willa, 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 you know. Like you know what's funny? Huh. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention R.L. Burnside today. No, my gosh. Is and that our going reviews. Be... Speaking of our reviews. Ooh. Snap. Oh, nice. I've got the power <laughs> to <Yeah>. do reviews. <laughs> I thought you kind of sounded like R.L. Burnside singing that. <laughs> and now I, I want the power. Now I want to do a blues cover of I've Got the Power by Snap. I bet that would be that would be tight. You know what? Then right. Maybe that's what we should do, Eric. We should start a blues band, an old school blues band. Well, we are the right pedigree. You know, <laughs> we got everything. A, bunch of, a couple old white dudes from Iowa. Oh, that old Midwest blues. <laughs> yeah, Midwest blues. Damn. <laughs> well, so we got um three very interesting releases. Today. Yeah. Come on, everybody! It's record time. So, my pick for this episode is by a group called Pagan Athletes. The record's called Landlocked. And it came out now, just now. Uh, <laughs> so Pagan Athletes is a Omaha group. It's mostly made up of siblings, Nathan Wolf, who's on drums and vocals, and Griffin Wolf, who's on keyboards and vocals. And on this record, there's some other parts that come in, accordion and uh, violin and things like that. But mostly it's it's the drums, the synths, or organs and the vocals. Um, there, there is a ton of styles blended on this. It's pretty hard to pin down. But when I read off the list of things that it reminds me of, you're going to understand uh, how much I liked this record. Um, but yeah, it, it goes from like doomy organ dirges to like almost like klezmer style like accordion and also just musical modes and things like that it has elements of like spazzy synth rock uh it has elements of grunge and like the sort of dissonance uh that grunge you know utilized a lot and not only on the guitars but the songwriting how they sort of move 
uh, in half steps, and sometimes it can be sort of out of key or whatever. Uh, they do they utilize that element a lot too. Um, yeah, I, it's really I don't know how to say it. Really disconnected is how it felt to me. Like like the left brain and the right brain not really working together, but also at the same time working perfectly together. I don't know how to describe that. I know I'm getting a little uh, weird and esoteric with this description, but it's because I think this music is a little weird and esoteric too. Uh, it's goofy at times. It's dark, um, fractured, which is kind of what I was talking about before. You know, the words like that, angular, uh, stuff like that. It's really um, choppy. Uh, it's a lot of fun, though. Like, a lot of fun, I thought. Not all of it. Some, Like I said, sometimes it does get sort of doomy and dark and heavy. But even at those times, it's still, uh, you know, the drums and keyboards for the most part. Uh, and these sort of, uh, yeah, I don't, the vocals are kind of sing-songy and sort of off, uh, but in a really super cool way, I think. Um, like, kind of like the Mountain Goats or Fugazi. But yeah, the drums and keyboards, it's like the energy that only that kind of duo, I think, can bring, where there's no other, nothing else to get in the way, you know? It's like they can move, uh, freely in complete tightness independently of each other bring it back together and it just doesn't they don't have to think about anything else they can just be as tight and on or off for that matter as they want to be in that moment plus uh, you, ha you have that sort of sibling connection too and it, you can hear that on here i think it's like a mind meld at times like it's extremely tight um and like i said super sort of i hate saying the word angular so much but i mean this is pretty much the definition of that but yeah i don't have a lot else to say about it if you like this kind of stuff if you like sort of dissonant choppy almost psych at times yeah it's it, i i loved this and i i don't have a lot else to say about it um maybe dan will have other things to say but things that it reminded me of uh Brainiac, Nirvana, uh, Secret Chiefs 3, Sonic Youth, Devo, Men's Recovery Project, uh, Section 25, Trans Am, Fashion Pimps. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I loved it. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Yes, I absolutely love this, Eric. Um, I listened to this probably five or six times at least nice um maybe more in fact i can almost guarantee i probably listened to it more since you uh recommended it um yeah uh we have a lot of parallels in um hmm. how we um how we both viewed the record i feel i do think hmm. i have some there's maybe some slight differences in you know how i perceived it but overall you're pretty much on point with um how i kind of felt about it and you know, what it kind of sounded like to me. So the record starts off, I got to say, with one of the coolest first tracks, I think, mm -hmm. uh, called Allegra. It's very gloomy and hypnotizing. Um, 
and it has um like you mentioned the organ it has this like organ synth i can't really tell if it's a combination of both or if it's one or the other mm-hmm. um but it's it sounds straight out of a horror science fiction like score meets like a just a frightening carnival it's got kind of this like frightening you know sort of like i think that's maybe where you would uh maybe uh feel like the secret chiefs three comparison mm-hmm. a little bit yeah um because i do agree with that um and it's also just got this like really eerie sort of spoken word or maybe eerie is not even the right word for it. just i don't know monotone and i don't know i just think it's very cool and then after that it goes like a tons of different places as you mentioned eric straight up noise rock almost synth pop or indie like indie rock yeah it definitely has a quirkiness and like you mentioned eric goofiness um yeah mostly it's synth and drums but i think that they utilize those two elements that you know it almost exclusively is that very very well like it's got a really really full sound and this is probably one of the like best sounding duos like i've heard um the one track that really stood out to me was this track called the blockade which uh it's just almost straight up electronic music uh you know but like 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 everything else on the record it has a post-rock edge to it but that song in particular and i can't even begin to describe why i like that song so much by far my favorite one but the entire thing is just absolutely fantastic yeah the singer kind of does this um sometimes almost like a talking sort of thing but yeah also has a really great sort of sense of like off kilter melody and then every once in a while he just goes off and he's screaming and it's it almost sounds like he could be in a metal band when he does that at times. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say this record is super heavy, but I would say it definitely is intense. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I got to say about it. I, I love the record. So the stuff that this reminded me of, uh, number one is uh, the band USA is a monster. Mm-hmm. Totally reminded me of that. I would also say in the same sense that, you were describing how they utilize the uh, keyboard and drums situation Mm -hmm. in a way where nothing else can get in the way. Um, Definitely reminded me of quasi Mm. and the, and the aquarium men's recovery project. Definitely Uh, six finger satellite a little Mm bit Uh, Chinese stars, mile marker fashion pimps for sure. Liars a little bit. Uh, and yeah, the vocal presentation to me sounded mostly like Fagazi and Shellac. And then also mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of Slint as far as the vocal presentation goes. And then I could also see a little bit of like Sam Coombs from Quasi and a little bit of like Doug Marsh from Built to Spill in the vocals as well. Mm-hmm. Very cool stuff. Um, yeah, definitely one of the best records that I've heard of the year so far.
setting of one of the best records I've heard um, this year so far. Um, my pick, I love equally as much. Uh, it's, this is actually recommended from, uh, well, it came recommended to me. I don't know about you, Eric. Uh, came recommended to me by enemy of the show, Chuck, who we haven't mm-hmm. talked about in a while. Um, well, I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah, we're trying to keep this show chuck free for right now <laughs> um so the name of this record it's from a band called water from your eyes and it's called everyone's crushed now water from your eyes i don't know where they're from but i do know that it's a duo consisting of rachel brown on vocals and then nate atmos on guitar and i think he does programming probably plays some analog synths and keyboards, uh, though I'm not 100% sure on that. But the music on this record is just something that I have fallen in love with for the last week. It This has been on s- such repeat, just everywhere, everywhere that I listen to music. To me, it's the perfect cross-pollination of a ton of different genres. Like Pagan Athletes, but in a much different way, uh, this record also goes a bunch of different places. What I hear is kind of a um, dissonant kind of production all throughout. Uh, kind of has a dreamy-like feel to it, which I really dig. Because to me, this is almost like the, like the perfect summer record. Because while it's definitely something new to me, it also kind of rings some nostalgia bells for me a little bit. And I'll explain that here in a minute. But basically... Throughout the nine tracks on this record, they managed to blend elements of punk, hip-hop, noise, uh, post-punk, a little bit of twee-pop, some electronic music, maybe a little bit of uh, dance and techno, and even like new wave. Uh, Also, vaporwave, mall wave, and it just goes just a lot of different places. Rachel's voice is perfect for what they are doing. It has kind of this um, sort of talking quality to it, but it just sounds really cool with the backdrop of all the music and everything that's going on uh, musically. I, you know, and I think overall, I would say that is definitely rooted in like sort of 90s uh, punk, sort of. And then I I would say that now this is going to sound kind of dumb, so I warn you, but the way that this the way that I can sort of describe this music is like, I can't think of any other way to describe it, but like thrift store music. And what I mean by that is that when you go into a thrift store, you're kind of picking up things and kind of blending them together in a cart. And that's kind of what I feel is sort of going on here. Like, I feel like there's sort of elements of like vintage stuff from the past in a weird sort of way. But I also feel like they're going in such a new direction, new, interesting direction. And that overall, it's just a really fun record to me. And it sounds to me like Nate Atmos and Rachel Brown are having a blast creating this kind of music. You know, it just sounds like they're in there messing around with the equipment that they have and just putting together just something really fun and fantastic. Yeah, I would say like um, Out There is by far my favorite track. It has just a really cool bass line. 
Um, True Life, I think, is mind-blowing. The last track called Buy My Product is absolutely amazing. It's got this really sort of just fun post-punk kind of bass line. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And if you're just sort of in like, in the mood for something where there's kind of just a lot going on, but yet I feel like there's a total tight, straight focus on what they're doing. You know, it, it just sounds like it's really, really tightly, like they have a vision for what they're going for. And overall, it's kind of a, one of the most unique records, in my opinion. As far as the stuff that it reminds me of, uh, Biss, for one, I would say a little bit of Bjork, Bumblebees 81, uh, Beck, Beastie Boys, uh, Stereo Lab, Lussus Jackson, really anything on Grand Royal in the 90s. Mm. But also I think there's a little bit of like, um, I don't know, like Young Marble Giants, maybe even a little bit of like sort of, um, I don't have any true examples of this, but as I mentioned before, like there does seem to be kind of like a elements of like vaporwave mall wave and stuff like that. Like maybe Eric, if, uh, and I don't know, maybe you totally disagree with me on that. Uh, but, um, you know, maybe you could think of some examples that would be closer to like kind of what I'm hearing there. Uh, but yeah, overall, I just think this is, uh, absolutely crazy record and it's just it's awesome and uh yeah i don't really have much more to say about it but it's called everyone's crushed and from mm -hmm. water from your eyes so check it out what did you think eric yeah i liked it a lot i actually saw water from your eyes uh not that long ago they were at mission creek in iowa city at gates so oh that's right yeah, yeah mission creek i forgot about it. i i did only catch a couple of songs I think there was another show that we wanted to get to, but it was cool. And if I remember right, there were actually three people on stage. I, I mean, everything I've seen just lists the two members you you mentioned. So, uh, so it was the singer and someone running like keyboards and electronics, but then they had a live guitar player too, which you can, when you listen to this, you can hear why, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, like Dan said, this has a lot of, different elements to it i i found it to be you know the songs had a lot of movement to them but also sort of a mellow immersive soundscape sort of feel to it at the same time so uh you get some really cool moments with those sort of um differing elements you know uh i thought it it had moments of like um escape room which is a genre that's uh indefinable mm -hmm. um but it does incorporate like the vaporwave stuff that you were talking about a lot of um kind of drippy sounds uh if that makes any sense uh mm -hmm. it was kind of psych at, at times kind of psychedelic uh no wave it was kind of shoegazy like dan mentioned um but an element that i thought was interesting and this is where i said earlier i was going to talk about rl burnside is it had sort of this hip-hop blues thing happening. Like, uh, R.L. Burnside did it. Uh, John Spencer did things like that. And Luscious Jackson, you know, like you said, sort of Grand Royal-y kind of things like that. But it definitely has that element to it. And for me, the biggest reason for that was, you know, I think the beats are electronic. And so some of those were 
sort of hip hopish at their core, but the guitars are super choppy and glitchy. And I don't mean like glitchy, like dubstep. I mean, like they're almost like samples where the ends are cut off just a millisecond too much. And so they come in and they feel very much like samples. And then I'm, I don't know exactly how that was accomplished, but it sounds like when you listen to R.L. Burnside or some of John Spencer, you can tell that it's a blues guitar that's been sampled and chopped and dropped into place. And I kind of got that feeling from this throughout. So that's just kind of a weird thing because I wouldn't say this obviously is like a blues album by any means. But if you really listen to the guitar parts, they're really like that, kind of like Howlin' Wolf, like we were talking about. They're Mm. similar in a sense. So that's pretty interesting. Um, There's lots of drippy synths, a lot of plucked, sort of sounds i always talk about the carpless strong filter on a synth uh but you know that's really apparent through this whole thing and that's sort of you know in that escape room vaporwave sort of realm too there's a lot of noisy atmospheric background kind of sounds uh happening sometimes just during certain parts sometimes for entire tracks but yeah the vocals like you mentioned uh are super cool i think they sound super stark and mm-hmm. dry. I mean, they yeah. just sound like someone right next to you singing. Like, and I love that sound. And just like Dan already said, that's the same, almost exact same vocal style and production, especially of Young Marble Giants. Like, it really has that element to it. And some of the music and the way it's presented is sparse, like Young Marble Giants as well. But I, yeah, I really liked it. Um, it was different listening to it than seeing it for sure and maybe that's because i'm old and hanging out at gabe's when it's late at night and i'm hot and stuff you know i don't you know i'm a i'm a curmudgeon at this point so uh i i was able to hear a lot more of what was happening when i listened to it versus seeing it but yeah i loved it so yeah like i said things that reminded me of young marvel giants a lot of the production ideas Reminded me of Brian Eno and not necessarily like the first couple records that are sort of glam rock and not the later records that are atmospheric, ambient music, but sort of those in between, uh, like before and after science sounded very Mm -hmm. much like that to me. Like I said, R.L. Burnside, it kind of reminded me of broadcast at times, sort of that uh, sort of vaporwave element that Dan was talking about reminded me of Holly Herdnod. And also a band that we reviewed a million years ago, like literally maybe the fourth episode, uh, JJ, they're from Sweden. Then they're sort of in with like the emo rap kind of stuff, like Young Lean or whatever. Uh, But yeah, JJ uh, was a record we reviewed. The record is called V and it's phenomenal. But uh, it reminded me a lot of that too. And, you know, a little bit of the yeah, yeah, yeahs and... Mm-hmm. slash tv on the radio even though they're not the same group the reason i'm mentioning them are for the same element of that sort of like just atmospheric sound i think both bands utilize that quite a bit so uh I, and the other thing i need to mention too is like everything we're, we've been talking about sounds like a little heady maybe but in reality a lot of it comes off as pretty upbeat so i want you know to mention that, that overall, 
both of the records we've talked about so far are actually pretty upbeat. So yeah, they're they're both a lot of fun to listen. Yeah, to. yep. So I think that's important. Uh, but yeah, water from your eyes, pretty good stuff. I'm going to have to slow this episode down. (laughs) Listen to this one on half speed. I don't know why I'm just going crazy right now. Maybe it's because I was so slowed down by the heat that I'm finally cooled off and have a bunch of energy. Right. That could very well be. Something. Something happened. I don't know. Well, this this heat is enough to wear anybody out. Ooh, this heat. Yes, this that's heat. just a, a side a side recommendation to any listener who doesn't listen to this heat. You should probably listen to this heat. So for our local review, keep it local. We have Frank Carroll and Dirt Chamber. Now I don't know if it's Dirt Chamber featuring Frank Carroll or vice versa or what, uh, but it's Frank Carroll and Dirt Chamber on the Bandcamp. So that's what we're going with. The record's called Bedlam. And I think bedlam is a kind of a code word for an insane asylum. Uh, it's my understanding. Uh, but yeah, I don't know Frank Carroll. Maybe Dan does. Um, nope. That I don't, unfortunately. But I know the person behind Dirt Chamber, and that's Kevin Hansen. Uh, Kevin, I've known for a number of years, actually. We worked together for a while, I think I knew him before that just from music. Um, I tried to work on some stuff with him, but I am a notorious flake. Uh, and so I didn't complete my assignments. <laughs> uh, but Dirt Chamber uh, is Kevin's project. And uh, he's put out a lot of music under that name. A lot of it is pretty heavy, industrial, tinged. Uh, electronic music we'll just leave it at that because it does go a lot of different places and this record isn't different i wish that i knew more about frank carroll because it might help me determine what frank carroll uh contributed to this record all the sounds on here i would definitely already associate with uh kevin's work and dirt chamber so i want to do a little more research find out what frank carroll does and what uh, they brought to this uh, recording. 
Um, and so I probably should have done that before the show. But anyway, at its uh, core, Bedlam is really heavy, grimy, industrial, kind of gabber-ish, dub-ish, electronic music, digital hardcore kind of stuff. And it goes a lot of different places. There are tracks on here that are very minimal. But even at those times, even when it mellows out, it is noisy. Like, everything on here literally sounds like machinery breaking, like in real time. Uh, it sounds like synthesizers melting. It just has this clipping level of being overdriven, like to the point of static, because it's so intensely grimy and overdriven. Like I said, this goes a lot of different places. It has a lot of different rhythmic elements. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, we do get into some really uh, fast BPM uh, gabber type stuff, really heavy house stuff at times. Um, but then also really industrial type beats too. I didn't notice any vocals on here. Maybe Dan could uh, clarify on that. So I think overall, this is an uh, uh, instrumental for the most part. And I think it works really well in that sense. And yeah, I like how varied it all is, but I also like how committed to a, a specific sort of sound and specific sort of place that it takes up in music. Like, there aren't a lot of curveballs in here, sound-wise, um, like sonically. But there are a lot of experimental moments and uh, different places that the songs go within themselves and then huge differences between the songs and uh, how they're presented. But like I said, it's all connected with this just filthy production. And I mean, it's cool. I love it so much. And I love Kevin. Uh, and... I'm sure I'd like Frank too. Yeah, I loved it. I don't know what else there is to say about it. Stuff that it reminded me of, The Bug, in a lot of ways, even though The Bug is a little more dubby than this, I would say. There's a group I listen to, I honestly don't know how to pronounce their name, uh, Oshiak. Had elements of Skinny Puppy and Ogre, which is not surprising. Uh, I think Kevin might be the biggest Skinny Puppy fan that I know. Um, it reminded me of Amnesia Scanner, uh, drum corpse and then as far as that dub stuff if anyone's familiar with anger fist and likes that you're really gonna you're this is gonna do it for you this is right along those lines and uh yeah it's nice to hear something so committed to just being grimy filthy uh electronic music i don't know what do you think dan yeah i i really liked it i uh met kevin hansen many many years ago was playing in the band Asif. I think I think I think Eric and Brian were just doing guitar and drums and he was doing electronics. I don't know. Kevin, uh you can clarify that in a IG message for me if I'm messing up. But uh Kevin, great guy. Great guy. He's been in um a few bands uh since then. And as you mentioned, Eric, he goes under a lot of different aliases and does this he's really dedicated to the grimy, noisy, industrial sort of sounds. And I also don't know who Frank Carroll is. I'm not sure if he's from around here or if maybe he's a 
somebody who collaborated with Kevin like over the internet or if they're living in the same town, I'm, I'm not really sure. But I really, really enjoyed this. It definitely, as you mentioned, Eric, uh, very grimy, very hard hitting, bombastic. I mean, all of these, pretty much all the same descriptions that you had. Very chaotic, noisy, industrial dance music. That's how I would describe this. I wish I knew a lot more about this genre because there are a lot of bands that, I mean, you talk about them. I, th- I feel like you're definitely more, you're definitely more of an expert in the industrial vein than I am, Eric. And uh, when you talk about bands like Skinny Puppy and stuff like that, it's, I, I know that there's stuff from that group that I like. It's just, for some reason, I just never really, you know, got into them mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. I was just listening to, diff- to you know, other stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. And um, so they're just an example of some, you know, a group that I just haven't gotten around to yet. Um, and maybe I never will. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. what I've heard, I really, really appreciate, really, really like. One of the reasons why I appreciate this when I hear it, um, especially coming from somebody like Kevin, because I know Kevin is very passionate about this stuff. You can tell that there's an immense knowledge uh, just from listening to what he does with the genre, uh, because it's everything I hear from him is extremely well done in what he does. I'm going to say something kind of similar to what you what you said, Eric. I really appreciate it when people are dedicated to putting out like ugly sounding music. I guess I I don't know how to grimy we'll just we'll use the word grimy but like i really like the production on this kind of stuff like i like the fact that it sounds like you're walking into like a factory you know and then it's just like um these really cool sort of soundscapes and instruments and just sort of having this passion for you know being just really you know off the wall with it and that's kind of how i think this record is it's it's very controlled but it's kind of all over the place in that genre it's just got a really really awesome sound to it just you know overall it just has elements of gabber digital hardcore dubstep industrial noise house techno all the things that eric's already said clearly i don't have much to add to the conversation but um I really, really enjoyed it. I I thought that it was great. I think Kevin always delivers uh, when it comes to this type of stuff. You can tell that it's where his heart is. As far as stuff it reminds me of, I have a much, you know, and this is going to be no surprise, I have a much more limited um, span of groups, but like Mannequin Eater slash Carl Kevorkian, who I don't know if you're familiar with who that is, Eric. No, uh -uh. Um, so Carl Kevorkian is a rapper. I think he may have come from the late 90s, you know, early to mid 2000s. Um, very much in that sort of noisy, experimental kind of rap. So like, you know, sort of predates like Death Grips and stuff like that. So we're talking like Dalek, early LP, things like that. But he does this project, this side project called Mannequin Eater. And uh, it's definitely more industrial noisy stuff but he does include like really noisy vocals and as you were mentioning eric 
I couldn't really identify any vocals on this either. It sounded definitely instrumental to me. If there were vocals, they were definitely buried mm-hmm. under a bunch of the chaos, which I think is awesome if that's the case. Dalek, Alec Empire kind of reminded me of the more chaotic side of like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, what I've heard of from Skinny Puppy. So that's pretty much what this stuff reminds me of. And um, yeah, it's fantastic. I'm glad that, uh, you know, somebody we know is doing stuff like this because I would love to see this stuff live. I don't know if Mm -hmm. he ever plays live as Dirt Chamber or not. I don't know either. But I I would really love to see that because I have a a feeling that it's a totally different experience Mm -hmm. if he does play live. Yeah, I would think so. Specifically, if him and Frank Carroll would ever Mm -hmm. play live, I think it would be awesome to hear this like in a live setting. But um, yeah, so very, very good stuff. Very cool stuff. I liked your point about it's cool to know someone doing this kind of stuff because we have people we know who do things that could be in a similar realm you know yes like uh sean reed does a lot of grimy dub you know we have a lot of a lot of friends who do uh electronic noise Uh and uh harsh noise and things like that um but this is somewhere different this is like true uh industrial music you know it's controlled it's uh every element of it you know is is thought out and um and executed with a you know precision yeah it's all Uh executed with a lot of precision and uh you know that is different than what at least most of the people i know are doing so really cool that that kevin's doing this stuff and and has just been so dedicated to it for so long So, uh, well, wow. Oh, Hey, I was going to say that. Well, I guess everyone knows now that, that we're including a little bit of the music we review on the show. That's pretty cool. Right. Yes. Um, That is cool. So now you don't have to click over to Spotify or Bandcamp or whatever to hear what we're talking about. You'll probably get an idea pretty quickly if it's something you'd be into. So that's nice. Um, Mm -hmm. I also found out there's a, a podcast called Smartless that's one of the most popular uh, podcasts out there. And they end their shows by saying bye. And so, oh, seriously? Yeah. So uh, everyone out there who thought we were hacks this whole time and just ripping people off, we did not actually know that. So no. So now no. I think we should we should end by saying 
the shortest, sharpest, most staccato eye of all time. What if we did the opposite <laughs> uh-huh. and we and we and we confuse people and we're like, hello, hello. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the three stooges slash full house. Yeah. yeah three stooges slash <laughs> full house. <laughs> Who are we interviewing that we talked about that for a while? I went off about full house. Oh geez, I don't remember. Yeah. Was it well, was it dis was it dis holy? Maybe? I'm not sure. Okay. So listeners, since we're going to uh, every other week, at least for a while, uh, your assignment for your bye week or off week uh, is to find that episode where we talked about the connection between the Three Stooges and Full House and the Hello, Hello, Hello Harmony. So, and and Captain Lou Albano, how does he keep the rubber bands in his face and what the hell all those greens and blues references are about. You guys got some homework. It's back to school week, isn't it? It is back (laughs) to school week. We're going back to school. We're giving them (laughs) homework and everything, man. And and also anybody who, uh, anybody who, um, who answers all three of those. Oh, snap. First person to do that. We'll get to hear the sound of our voices on the next episode that we upload. Oh, yeah, that's true. And we might even, uh, you know, say your name. Yeah, we might even say your name. Wow, what a prize. Yeah. <laughs> 30 <laughs> other people will hear your name. 30 people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're going to be a star. Everybody it's too high. is a star. Mm, fly. Starlight. Yeah. Star bright. Uh, Madonna, Woo, all the hits. All Sly, the hits. Madonna. What? What other songs have "Star" in it? "Starry, Starry Night." "Starry, Starry Night." Is That's that a, a Don McLean? Yep, you know? I think so. I think so. Um, yeah. "Star Fuckers." Oh yeah, by Nine Inch by Nails. Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Starsky and Hutch theme. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, there's got to be some Smashing Pumpkin song that has stars in the title. I would think so. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Well, and the only reason why is because of the yeah. melancholy cover. Yeah. So you guys have a fourth assignment. <laughs> We're just gonna keep filing yeah. it out, man. Yeah. yeah. The longer you listen, the more work you're gonna have to do. Yeah. That that's what's happening here. We're not above flunking you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you ever been flunked by a couple of flunkies? Yeah, a couple of <laughs> doesn't make you feel good. No. Oh, All right. Shit. Well, okay. <laughs> so are, are we are we gonna do the whole like very stark bye? I I, well, I don't know how we're gonna do it. I, I'm at a loss. Well, how about we f- let's be very what? official about it. Maybe. Let's yeah, let's be official about it. So yes. Okay. How about this? It's mm-hmm. our first time doing it differently, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to rub my hands together. I'm going to clap. Okay. And then on the count of three, let's say bye. Uh, Okay. One, one, two, three. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It seems kind of mean. It does kind of. Do you want to? How about we just say thank you so much for listening? And, uh, you know, uh, shit, that doesn't work. I don't know. Just, just thanks for man thanks for listening (laughs) yeah 
You're like not okay. Here. Your fifth assignment is to tell us how we should now end the show since we can't say bye anymore. Yeah, there right. we go. There you go. Oof. Five you assignments. Some work to do. Yeah, man. Damn. But you got yeah. two weeks to do it, so get it together. Yeah. <laughs> two get weeks it together, bud. You got no excuses. Yeah. No excuses, or it's detention time. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I don't feel tardy. <laughs> Full circle, David Lee Roth. Yes, he's the bus driver. Sit down, Waldo. Driver. Sit down, Waldo. <laughs> That's how we should end the show every time. All right, thanks for listening. Sit down, Sit down Waldo. Waldo. Sounds good to me. All right, so <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>